You're listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 127. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Dr. Megan Brown, owner of Body Mechanics Physical Therapy, to look deeper into working with athletes mentally and physically more effectively and have a better understanding on how to prevent injury within sport. Dr. Brown also shares her personal story as an athlete and how dealing with transition at a young age prepared her to compete and coach at an elite level. She attributes the practice of reflection as a key skill that was instrumental in her development in balancing her thoughts and emotions. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely, anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals, the Mass Suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The Mass Suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile and it's great for plyometric and high intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the mass suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Dr. Megan Brown, how are you? Doing well, Grant, how are you? doing awesome. I'm really excited to have you on my show. And, and, uh, I know the listeners don't know this, but like you and I spoke about a week ago or so, and I really just, uh, really enjoyed our conversation and got really connected to what you do with athletes. And, um, and so I'm really excited to have you on your, on my show to talk about just your mindset as an athlete, as a coach, and also as a physical therapist. And, and just, I want you to share with my listeners what you're doing and the powerful work that you're doing with athletes as far as to get them back on the field um, or get back into their environment. So I'm really, really excited to share your story. Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited to be here. It was a great conversation we had the other week. And, uh, you know, we, we found out that we know some similar people and know some similar places. So it will be good to talk a little bit more about it. Absolutely. All right, well, let's, uh, let's get into it. One of my favorite topics is, is mental toughness. And, and I can only imagine throughout your athletic career, being a basketball player and a lacrosse player, and also coaching and doing the work that you do, uh, you know a thing or two about being mentally tough. So <laughs> yeah. So when you think about the word mental toughness, what does that mean to you? Mental toughness is, is I think, a huge, huge word, and it has many different meanings. Um, but for me, Mental toughness, I mean, as you know, I grew up in the military, so my dad was in the Air Force. Um, we moved around all of the time. So I went to three elementary schools, two middle schools, and two high schools. 
So, you know, if, if people think high school is tough now when they don't have to move, just try moving, you know, in between your <laughs> seventh and eighth grade year and then again in your ninth and tenth grade year. But, um, you know, that was probably when I left from my elementary school between fifth and sixth grade. That was probably the time that I really started to understand what mental toughness was. I think at that age I could actually you know, figure it out a little bit. And, um, sports was definitely something that got me through, um, going to new places, meeting new people, being the new kid all over again, every two years, you know, you have to be mentally tough. You have to realize like you cannot change your circumstances with this and you just kind of have to roll with it. So mental toughness to me means facing adversity and, learning how to navigate through that, learning yourself enough to navigate through that, and then just seeing what happens. <laughs> Trust the process, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, also, too, it seems like, you know, your mental toughness got developed by, uh, by, the, by the amount of transitions that you had to deal with. Because I can only imagine not only dealing emotionally, mentally, just trans- moving, but you also have to kind of restart yourself. You have to re you know, build relationships and represent yourself. And you had to learn how to do that at a young age. So to me, that seems that's a mentally tough thing to do at a young age. Yeah, I, you know, and I say that I remembered how it went between fifth and sixth grade. But even, you know, between I want to say kindergarten and first grade or first and second, I don't remember which one it is now. You know, whenever you're the new kid coming into place, you're you're not going to get looked at as like, oh, yay, let's welcome this kid in, you know, especially if you're if you come from, you know, a different different background or place. Um, it's it's a hard life being a military kid. And, you know, it's hard being in the military in general, having military parents. My dad was as military as you could get. <laughs> but, um, you know, it it definitely shaped me into who I am. And, and there were a lot of moments growing up that I hated life. I hated moving. I hated my dad. I hated my parents. I hated the Air Force, whatever it was. I hated it. But looking back on it, I'm thankful for those opportunities. And I'm thankful for the kind of foresight that it gave me into learning about different cultures and meeting new people and how to break out of my shell early and and put forth my my abilities early so that people could really see who I am from the get go and then decide from there if I want them in my life or not. <laughs> right. Well, I love it too that, you know, I've gone through some pretty crazy times in my life. Um, I'm glad I did. You know, in the midst of it, I, I wish I didn't, but I'm glad I did. And it, and I, I got that, the lessons and the appreciation for it, for the adversities because of my reflection. And it seems like you've put yourself in a situation to reflect on, even though probably back then it was probably a shitty time for you or times for you to move and you probably had all these emotions towards your dad and, and every else, everything else. But um, but I can only imagine that you got some, some peace with it just by reflecting on it. Yeah, reflection definitely was a big thing. Um, like I said, sports helped me through a lot of it. So that was kind of my in, you know, is I played every single sport you could ever play. And I distinctly remember, especially in elementary school, you know, the boys would never let me play basketball with them. They'd never let me do kickball or let me play wall ball or anything like that. But 
I did not want to hang out with the girls and, and run around playing house or whatever they were playing. You know, I wanted to play the sports and it just took me, you know, I had to be that much better than the boys. I had to be better than the best boy out there playing basketball and had to, you know, like almost make them cry a little bit in order to get some sort of respect. So that was what I learned very early on. And that's pretty much what I've taken throughout my life is, you know, you don't have to beat people up about it, but you have to show your worth and you have to believe in your worth. Yeah. It's about showing up. And, 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 and with that being said, can you go back to like a specific time, whether, you know, being an athlete or a coach, or even when you're, you know, doing what you're doing now, being a physical therapist and working with athletes, can you share a specific time where you had to be mentally tough? Yeah, actually, um, last season, my high school season, so I also coach a, a varsity girls lacrosse team here in Florida. Um, and last season was a very, very tough season for us. We had a lot of strong personalities, I'll say, on the team, um, strong parent personalities as well. And it, you know, I've been coaching in general for about 16 years, but lacrosse wise about 13. And that was the first season that I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not worth it to me. I just, I can't, you know, with, with everything that was going on, it was like, as soon as I put out this fire, then another one would come up and, you know, you have this girl crying about something and that parent mad about something else. And, and it's all, it was to me, you know, I'm a very logical person, but I'm also very empathetic. And I think that's, the best part about being a physical therapist is you have to be both. So it definitely helps in coaching as well. And I tried my best to do everything that I could. Um, and it, and it really took the reflection aspect, like you were talking about where probably halfway through the season. So like at our spring break time, I had to take a lot of time for myself. I had to do that internal reflection and ask myself, do you, is this still something you want to be doing? Uh, granted, you know, I was going to finish out the season no matter what, but I had to take some hard looks and and think like, are you giving everything that you can? Are you um, trying to pull out everything that you can from your team? You know, and it was a very, very humbling experience, you know, not just for me coaching, but just as a person and, and helping with my growth in general. Um, and it, w it was a tough season all the way through, but but we made it through, and you know I'm I'm still coaching over there now. Granted, this year was a lot different in my approach. Um, we had different girls on the team, but you know they all kind of rallied around and didn't want the same, I guess, outcome or same. I don't know what you would call it, same experience as uh, they had last season. So they were the ones that helped turn this around. And, and that was part of my talk with them a lot was, you know, I can I can only meet you halfway. I can't drag you up the hill. You know, I can't, I can't hold 25 of you and, and pull you up by by your hands. You got to you got to want it. You got to want to do something on your own, too. So for sure, it was a, it was a very mentally, uh, mentally draining season and definitely helped with fortitude for sure. And, and I, you know, I've, I've been in your position as a coach, you know, obviously working very closely with, with athletes, teams, and coaches, you know, I, I see, you know, from, from afar, I'm seeing some of the head coaches and assistant coaches have to deal with that, those dynamics, um, they exist and it, you know, what it takes skill. And that's where some of that mental toughness, grit, resiliency comes in 
Um, it's how you develop it. But it's all learning. It's all good stuff if we if yeah. we choose to to look at it. Now, I can only imagine like your mindset, right? Even dealing with that particular situation, you know, you you have to have a a particular mindset to deal with that stuff. But when you think about being an athlete, uh, you're a two sport athlete, and and the years of being a coach and being a physical therapist. Is your mindset, is it very similar with those three roles or do you have different mindset for, for, or mindsets for those three different roles? Um, I think they all have a solid base. Like they all have the same base and foundation. Um, but you know, being a player or being an athlete and I still, you know, I still compete internationally. I play lacrosse internationally and, um, you know, my mindset in that is a lot different. I'm more of the like silent show by action type of player um on the sideline you know I'll, I'll get a little rowdy but but not too crazy um but you know on the field I'm very focused I'm very like particular of of how things are going I'm very um methodical in how I play and as a coach I'm somewhat like that but not too much because I feel like you know the girls that I coach and I, I still coach, you know, from third graders up through collegiate athletes as well um, with our club teams here. But, you know, that has become a lot more malleable to me, my mindset in that, because there's some kids that only respond to you being goofy and out of the box and, you know, just <laughs> just funny. And then there's some kids that want the the hard ass, you know, they want to be yelled at and they want to be told like, you have to do X, Y, Z. That's all there is. If you don't do that, you're done kind of thing. Yeah. So that part, the mental toughness is a lot different. I think that's more of like, a, I wouldn't say it's toughness so much as, as the malleability of it. You have to flow. You have to be able to move within your mind and, and your coaching ability. And then on the PT side of things, I think it's kind of a combination of those two actually. Um, when I'm doing my evaluations of people, I do a lot of movement assessments to see how they're actually moving and kind of find those, those breaks in the chain. I think that I, you know, I, I look at people from a whole perspective. I listen to their stories. I watch how they move. And so in that I'm, I'm very methodical. Um, but I also want people to feel comfortable and to feel like, I'm sympathizing or empathizing with their their pain or their issues or their dysfunction so i think it's kind of a combination of the two yeah you know i, I my, one of my philosophies is just meeting my my clients where they're at and especially when you're working with a team there's all these different dynamics and so again you'll have to learn and take skill to like kind of kind of switch and turn and pivot and you know drop down your gear a little bit from fifth gear to, to second gear depending on who you're working with and you know, there's, and, and I'm, I'm only bringing this up because recently there was a, a, a female basketball player who was younger on the vars varsity basketball team, and she was super, super funny. But you can tell when we started doing work, when we started doing the meditation, and we started getting into our intentions, you can tell it was a little, she was a little uncomfortable. But because I knew that she was jovial and, and silly and goofy, that every time she actually participated or she, like, answered a question... Cause she did a lot of breakdancing moves. I would do a breakdancing <laughs> move back to her, 
Nice. And she would just, and it would just, it lit her fire. Like she was like, you know, I, I became real and I became tangible. And, and so that's how I built a relationship just by uh, breakdancing moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely think, you know, with young coaches or young players or even whatever, you know, career or job that you have, when you're new to it, you, you think of by the book, right? You're yeah. like, I learned this, I'm doing that. And that's all, all that there is. But as you get into it a little bit more and, and you realize that not everything is going to go the way the book says, or the way your professors or whoever said, um, you start to learn your, your own self, kind of your, your flavor, your flair of how you do things. And, totally. and that helps. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, since you've dedicated a large part of your life uh, just working and supporting athletes physically and mentally, what what was the motivation for you to become a physical therapist? That's a great question. Um, Like I said, I I played sports all through my life, and I knew that I wanted to do something along the line of athletics. I knew I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't want to be on call and I didn't want to have to work on the weekends if I didn't want to. So PT seemed like it was going to be a a great fit. Um, but you know, my brother actually, he younger than me, um, he was a wrestler and in high school, you know, same kind of background as I had, we had to move a lot. He moved, uh, when he was in high school, I think he moved between his, junior and senior year actually so that that was pretty tough for him um but he was a wrestler and he hurt his shoulder he actually tore his labrum so you know military doctors they're like oh it's fine here's some motrin see you later <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> they didn't uh, you know it's not the best when it comes to that but this is what it is so he he didn't have physical therapy at first they did a surgery repaired his labrum but basically told him you're never going to get you're never going to be able to wrestle again. And like, how do you do that to a 16, 17 year old kid? You know, how do you take away something that was so near and dear to them? Something like, you know, he was, he was not the best kid. He, he got into a lot of trouble, but wrestling was something that he could like actually focus his energy in and focus, you know, his passion into, and, and it kept him out of a lot of trouble really. Um, and so, you know, that got taken away from him and, um, he, he didn't have any, you know, mental resources or people to talk to about it. And, you know, as much as you know, you go through this withdrawal and you, and it's, and it's a depression when you get injured and you're told that you can't go back to doing something that you love, you get depressed bottom line. Mm. So he unfortunately kind of went on a downhill slide from that. You know, he ended up graduating from high school, but shortly after he graduated, he committed suicide. So when he was, I think he just turned 18 in that January and he committed suicide in June. So that was a huge, you know, wake up call to my family, you know, everyone around. And looking back on that experience, I was a I was going into my senior year of college and I'm a psychology major as well. So PT definitely uh, is a good, a good avenue for me. But um, (laughs) yeah, so I, I actually wrote my senior thesis on, you know, survivors of suicide, meaning the people that are left behind after a suicide. So family, friends, whatever it is. Um, And, you know, from that experience, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about, you know, one, you know, mental toughness Two 
you know, what athletes go through when something is taken away from them, not just with injury, but if it's a career ending injury, um, you know, if they can't be around their, their quote family, you know, their sports family, those things all take a toll. And, you know, that, that led me into PT for sure. Um, and it, it led me into doing like, I I'm doing a vodcast now where I talk to professional athletes about their experiences with injury and how they came back and their, their mental toughness, their, you know, mental fortitude behind it, their physical aspects. But yeah, I think that was probably one of the, the huge pivoting points for me to get into physical therapy, especially working with young athletes. Well, you make, you make a great point because I think a, a lot of times when we think about mental health, you know, we, we deal, we, we think about the people that are dealing with the situations and rightfully so, but there's, there's more to it. There's people that are connected to that person, um, whether if it's during the process of someone dealing with their mental health issues or like a suicide, um, then there becomes more people affected by that situation, by that decision, and they're going through mental health situations and, you know, yeah. issues. So it's, it's, I thank you for sharing that, and and I'm sorry to hear that about your dad, about your brother. But you bring up something that's real out there. Um, it's super real, and and I'm glad you you took the, all that, whether if it was pain or whatever it was, you you took it as motivation, and you're now you're doing great work now. And so when you think about you know doing PT work now, what do you think is the most rewarding part of your job, and what is the most challenging aspect of your job? I think the most rewarding part is just getting the feedback from my patients. You know, I, I got a text last night actually from uh, a woman my age that I had been working with. She had really bad, she had a, it was probably like an eight millimeter disc expulsion. Um, you know, it just kind of happened out of nowhere. She has a kid and we were doing some PT with her before the surgery, but you know, nothing was really doing as much as it it should have um so we went off of the the um she had the surgery and then we started doing pt afterwards and we actually did telehealth stuff which is which is pretty cool because she lived in she lived in dc at the time um but yeah so she texted me last night actually and was like oh man, I'm doing so much stuff right now. I've been doing yoga for this long and I can do this pose and I can do this and this. And she like sends me a video and, you know, she's like, I'm just super bored right now because my husband is, <laughs> he's deployed and he got stuck, you know, over in, over in, uh, overseas and they can't come back for 60 days. So she's like, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, so she's doing all this stuff, but that's my favorite is just seeing people, you know, getting back to, a, what they wanted to be doing, but B, just like exceeding that even more because now they feel one, confident, two, their body feels great, you know, and they're just, they're moving and grooving. That's, that's my favorite part about PT. Um, challenge wise, man, I have a lot of challenges. I don't even know <laughs> where to start sometimes with that. Um, Depends on the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the biggest challenge is just education and, you know, it's great when, when people come in to me and I can talk to them about the benefits of physical therapy and relate to people that it's not just an injury thing. Like you don't have to do physical therapy. If you have a good physical therapist, they can prevent you from having injuries. Um, but I think, you know, the world at large has just been so used to, 
oh, I get hurt, I have to go to a physician or my medical doctor, and then I have to get a prescription to go to the ortho, and then the ortho is going to take x-rays or MRIs, and then they're going to send me to physical therapy. So, you know, in my line of work, since I'm self-pay and direct access, I kind of cut out all the middlemen, if you will. Right. And you know, that that's a big thing for me is just trying to get people to understand that your health is all you have, you know, and if you don't take care of it now, if you don't take care of your bodies now and perfect example with this virus happening, if you don't take care of your body, it's not going to take care of you and you only get one in this lifetime. So you better treat it well. For sure. For sure. You know, and talk about being emotionally invested with not only your work, but with your athletes. And, and I know, you know, being an athlete and, and being how committed you were when you were playing, you know, basketball and lacrosse, um, you know, and all those, you know, you know it, and, and I know it, like all those hours you put in just loving what you do. Now, now that you're on the PT side, and you're dealing with these athletes that have, you know, whether it's just an injury, or if it's a season ending injury, or a career ending injury, how do you balance your emotions when you're working with athletes? Because I can only imagine because you can feel for them because you were an athlete and still are. But how do you balance the emotions? I think with emotions, you it's the same as with anything else you have to understand like you said where that person is coming from and you have to know how they respond to things um you know i have i've had kids that they are super fearful of doing anything because you know they tore their acl or they dislocated their patella or whatever it is and so anything that we do it's constantly questioned it's are you sure that I can do this? Um, I don't know how I can do it. I don't, you know, it's all, it's just fear. And a lot of it for me emotionally, so I don't get frustrated, you know, cause sometimes I'm like, kid, just do what I'm saying. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to make it worse. You know, <laughs> just do what I'm saying. Um, but you, you do, you have to meet them halfway and you know, all everything that I have people do, I need to know how to do myself. So, I'm not going to have somebody do a deadlift or a single leg deadlift if I can't demo it properly. I'm not going to have someone do, you know, uh, elbows tight to the body push up if I can't do that. Like in my mm. mindset, you know, especially in medicine, if someone's telling you to do something, then they should be able to do it as well. You yeah. know, gone are the days where you go to a, a physician and he's out smoking on the rooftop. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so... balancing, you know, balancing the emotions is probably, that's probably one of the hardest parts about PT and people go on roller coasters, you know, because one day it feels great. And then the next day, because it's feeling great, we push you a little bit more, then it feels horrible. But it's just, you know, that's what PT is. And that's what rehab is, is it's a series of ups and downs. But every down that you have, you're not going to go all the way back down to where you started. Not if you have a good PT anyway. (laughs) There you go. Well, I, I can I can only imagine that. I mean, I can I can imagine uh, you not only dealing with it, but seeing you know the the five stages of grief, where you 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 see the people you know they go through the denial, they go through anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. They go through all these stages, mm-hmm. and then they but they go backwards, like just when they feel accepted, you know, with their injury and where they're at, and then something some kind of trigger happens, mm-hmm. and then they go back to anger. Um, I, so I can only I can I can only imagine the roller coaster ride 
you know, with the whole process of working, not only working with the athlete with their physical attributes or their physical dynamics, but they're also their their mental and their emotional, like because it's all tied in to the physical. So I can only imagine like what you have to go through. You're kind of more than just a physical therapist, like yeah. you know, you're, you're a little bit more than that. Yeah, I mean, and th- and that's why I'm I'm so glad that I was a, a psych major in my undergrad. But um, yeah, it's true, you know losing something, whether it's a season or a game or a career, anytime you lose something, you are going to go through those stages of grief. And one thing I learned, you know, in psychology, well, I've learned a lot of things, but one thing that I remember about, you know, death and dying psychology, especially is those stages of grief. They don't have to go in a specific order. They don't, you don't just go through, you know, the five and then that's it. You can go back and forth. you know, some weeks it's great. Some weeks it's not some years down the road, you might feel something and that angers you. Um, but yeah, I do, I do more than just the physical part. And I think that's why it's important for anyone that's doing physical therapy, especially, um, with an injury that you have to realize there's a mental part to it. And if you can't connect with your therapist and truly trust that you know that they have your best intentions in mind with everything that they do, then you have to find yourself a new therapist. And, you know, that's okay. It's okay not to go to a a big box chain store PT and, you know, see a new PT or new PTA or tech or whoever every single day. And it's okay to spend a little bit of money on yourself because, like I said, you're going to need that body every year. Absolutely. You know, and and speaking of that, I have a couple more questions here before we close up. But, you know, when I played sports, uh, which, you know, I'm a date myself. This was back in the 90s. Um, <laughs> you know, when it came to preventing injuries, so even when it comes down to hydration, I mean, we, we I mean, we got water one, once a practice. And now it's like it's mandatory every like 20 minutes um, or even less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, we didn't, I, I never even heard of rolling before or after practice or competition. And, you know, in some of the high schools that I work with, you know, they do all these rolling sessions. They do, there's, you know, dietary, um, uh, requirements. They got to show what they're eating in the day. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of attention, um, to, to the athletes and making sure that they're preventing, any kind of injury, but do you, do you feel that we've came up, we've come a long way and do you think that we still need more attention or do we need to address it a little bit more or where, where do you see that as far as programs at, at any level addressing preventing uh, injury? I do think we've come a long way with that. Um, you know, kind of playing off your point when we were younger and played sports, we didn't warm up. We didn't do any, we just kind of jumped into drills and jumped into games. Um, but you know, now there's there's so much research out there talking about dynamic versus static stretching, especially, you know, before a game or practice. You have to kind of prime your muscles and prime your body to be doing the movements that it's going to do in your game um, or in your practice because that's what helps prevent the injuries. When you're doing the static stretching, you know, that actually can turn your muscles into I wouldn't say like a catatonic state, but it tells your muscles, hey, we can relax. And that can even have effect up to 24 hours. So the static stretching, we always tell people save for the end, you know, because that's when you're actually trying to stretch for, for mobility and movement. But in the, in the beginning, you're trying to get that dynamic warm up and you're trying to get your muscles and your body and your mind basically primed for what you need it to do um, in, in your sport. 
but I think that, you know, we just, I think coaches especially need to be more mindful of that because the majority of coaches now are, you know, in their twenties, thirties, especially for younger kids. And, and we had a different kind of upbringing, um, than the kids have now. So you have to take that into account. You can't, you can't coach the kids the same way that you did 10, 15, 20 years ago, and you can't move them the same way that you did yeah. that long ago either. 100%. Absolutely. So one, one more question here before we uh, sign off here, and I love asking this question, but when you reflect, and we were talking about reflection earlier, but when you reflect on your whole career as an athlete, as a coach, even in PT, uh, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Hmm. Hit me out of nowhere with that one, Grant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's why I love to ask it. Um, I mean, I I still, in my mind, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still forging ahead. I I truly feel like I'm on a path that no one's been on before, so I can't see what's happening in front of me or what's going to come down the road. Um, I'm, I'm trailblazing. Right. So I think that even, you know, third grade, I, I knew that I felt that like, I actually wanted to be the first, um, female in the major leagues that obviously didn't happen, but that was, that was my thing in third grade. Right. I wanted to play for the Minnesota twins and that I wanted to, you know, hang out with Kirby Puckett and Chili Davis. But, um, (laughs) but I think that, you know, looking back on a lot of my experiences, especially through sport and school and PT and coaching, I, I want to continue to be a trailblazer. And I think that's something that I've learned about myself early on and I'm going to continue to do until I can't anymore. And hopefully that day doesn't come anytime soon, but, um, you know, I'm here for anyone that, that feels that same way. I especially, love working with young athletes and, and young women, because I feel like, you know, in the, in the world of sports, women still have it very, very tough. Even though we have our own leagues for things, they're still not looked at the same way as they are with the men's leagues. And, right. and it's a shame to me, but, um, you know, you, you can't, you know, especially with the Kobe Bryant stuff, you know, him and his daughter, the way that he had her back with everything, I, I thought that was great. And I, and I wish that more people would, take that perspective and run with it and try and especially with young young girls and women to get them to understand that sports can open up a lot of doors to you and it can help you get as tough as you want to get for sure absolutely you know and um I'm, you're probably familiar with uh dr jennifer walter who was one of the very first uh women football coaches in the nfl yeah. And she's doing just a, a fantastic job on not not only creating um, you know flag football teams and leagues for 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 females, but I mean she played. It's one thing coaching football, but she played in professional in arena football. So I mean she yeah. she was laying it out. So she's a great example of that. But I I do I do agree with you that we've made some advances to to have that 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 equality, um, between the genders, but we were not nearly at all where we need to be. And, uh, I think we just need to keep on forging, forging the path and, and making sure that, you know, women and females, young females have opportunities to, to understand sport, experience sport, you know, and, and advance within sports. So 
Um, so I, I love what you're preaching. Um, with that being said, how do my listeners, how do they find out more about your company, your services, follow you on social media and share, yeah. share a little bit about, um, I don't know how you say it, LAX box or lax box. Lax, but yeah, there, lax. There it is. Yeah. So lax, basically the X stands for the cross. So it's short for lacrosse. Um, but yeah, I own, uh, my physical therapy clinic is, is kind of in conjunction with my sports performance facility as well. So, um, body mechanics, physical therapy online is www.bodymechpt.com. Um, I also have, you know, my speaker stuff as well as www.docmeganmeghanbrownbraun.com. And then they can follow me on social media at bodymechpt. Um, same thing with the Laxbox. That's LaxboxFL. Um, and that's the same with our, our website too. So, you know, especially during all this time, I don't know when you're airing this, but, um, you know, with all the coronavirus stuff happening and sports being canceled in the spring, I know a lot of student athletes are having a tough time with this. Um, a lot of coaches are having a tough time with it. So if anyone ever wants to reach out and just, you know, shoot the shit, so to say, let me know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm here to, to help the community at large and, you know, give everything that I can and, and help to just spread some positivity and, and awareness and body mechanics. Awesome. Well, Megan, this is um, this has been a, a, an incredible interview, and I'm so glad that you were on the show to talk about just your your mindset and your thoughts about you know mental toughness and your journey. Um, it seems like you're just scratching the surface, and you've got so much more to do and so many more athletes to impact. So um, I'm all for that, and and I, I wish you all the the success. And, um, and again, thank you for your energy on the show today. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, I have a couple journals out too. So I know this is a great time for people to start journaling. I have a, a restore journal and a develop journal. And those both kind of go off of what I do. With physical therapy restore is all about the mindset and then, um, develop is about how you can put all of those things into place and, and create a plan. So if anyone wants to check those out, they're on Amazon as well. Beautiful. Go, go check yeah. them out. Well, again, Doc, thank you so much, man. It was uh, it was so awesome to have you on the show. Thanks, Grant. I really appreciate it, and I love the stuff that you're doing. I wish you and your family the best through all this. Awesome.